on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Is I Love You Man the best bromance movie ever? How did they assemble such a fantastic supporting cast? Is it possible to talk about bass guitar without quoting this movie? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John Peck, and joining me, I'll try not to call you Jobin, Dane Peavy. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. Good to see you. Yeah, likewise. It's been a while. Major pain back in the, the 90s wow. era. But, uh, now we're in the 2000s. We are again. That's it. That's it. And uh, you picked I Love You Man, which I've been really looking forward to doing this i wasn't sure who i'd get on for it but this is such a great 2000s comedy uh and i'm really happy that we can talk about it yeah mate i love this movie and uh yeah keen to have a chat about it it's been a while since i've watched it like literally i guess when it first came out in 2009 so it was definitely a blast okay. from the past so uh it was good yeah, yeah. Um, I reckon I've probably seen this four, five times over the years. It's only been out. This is one of the newer movies we've done. Came out in two thousand nine, so it's right at the tail end of uh, the two thousands. And I think that shows like it's fairly modern. It holds up really well, uh, which we'll get into later. But um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a great movie and an amazing cast and. The pace is really good, and yeah, there's just so much to, to love about this flick, um, and just the fact, like the type of movie it is, just makes me happy. Like it's a it's a buddy comedy. There's, um, it's a bromance. You know, it's yeah, it's a bromance. It's not a rom com. It's a bromance, yeah, and that's it. such an important thing. I reckon. Like, I don't know about you, but I've had many bromances in my day, and it's such a, a cool thing when you meet someone, you know in adulthood that you just hit it off with um you know it, it i don't have a, a lot of friends f that have lasted like from high school that like there's still people that you'd call a friend but you wouldn't necessarily hang out with them all the time or talk all the time um and uni and that kind of thing but to to be you know i'm 34 i'm not sure you're a similar i'm old mate i'm 36 full yeah yeah well well 36 so similar age <laughs> yeah similar to, age you know the, the the and similar age to the guys in the movie i think as well or what they're supposed to be um so it's relatable to just be like yeah like it's hard to make friends at this age intentionally mm. it just kind of has to happen um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot in this film that connects with me. And I think that's why I've, uh, enjoyed watching it over the years. And it's, it's just a really funny, clever movie. And it's, um, I'm really glad that we can talk about it. Do you, do you remember the first time you saw it? Oh, I can't like, so, so when yeah. I look back on it, I was like, when was this made? 2009. And Rachel and I, my wife sort of watched it the other night and, and I was sort of looked at each other and said, well, when, when did we watch this? And so back in 2009, I reckon I would have, it wouldn't have been a, like a going to the cinemas movie, would have been a DVD mm. movie. And I thought like, tw like at 23, when this came out, that was how old I was, Rachel and I were traveling around Asia. So we probably like, this was off a bootleg one. hundred percent for me, this would have been one of those yeah. ones I would have bought <laughs> off Bangkok or bloody, uh, you know, somewhere in, in Malaysia or somewhere like that. And uh, we would have just watched it in the hotel room. But um so I can't remember, I, like, it would be roughly around about that. Like, 100% we would have watched it 
and, mm. and that sort of method. Uh, but I remember really enjoying it. It's sort of one that I haven't seen too many times. I probably watched it maybe two or three times uh, when it first came out and I really haven't come back and watched it. But, but having said that, like watching it now, it, it really does, you know, stand up. There's plenty about it. Like it, it is relatable. The comedy's on point. You got plenty of one-liners, you know, that I sort of bring out even to today. Uh, and it's like, you can't get like better than like for the 2000s, Jason Segel, like he was so good. And I think that's how we came into yeah. it. Like it was a, it was a movie we picked purely because he was in it and we come off the back of, uh, Rachel and I really loving like how I met your mother, uh, and then like loved, uh, the year before you had your, um, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, which was a big favorite mm-hmm. of ours. Uh, so like, and you, you know what you, you know what you're getting. You know, it's like when you pick up an Adam Sandler movie, you know, like you just, you know, you know what you're getting and he doesn't change in character that much. And the comedy's pretty much the same. So, and it is relatable, you know, the, the story picks up, you know, as you mentioned, sort of like that bromance, whether you're sort of in a life where, you know, you're fortunate to have that bromance with someone where you just share those common interests and like you get each other, you know, just with everything uh, that, you know, you've got in common with each other or, you go the other way and, you know, maybe you had friendships back in high school that sort of like, you know, life got busier and, you know, you moved or you changed jobs or, you know, got invested in work or you had family and kids and you sort of drop off and life moves fast until you realize like, you know, it's like Pete in that scene where, you know, he has the chat with the family and all of a sudden like he sort of starts realizing all the, the bromances around that he's not, you know, in, um, you know, yeah. so yeah, yeah and we'll, we'll get into that as well. Yeah, for sure. It was, um, yeah, certainly a, a, a time, yeah, <laughs> 2009, like like you said, coming off Forgetting Sarah Marshall, coming off How I Met Your Mother, mm. uh, probably probably the peak for, for Jason Segel, if we're being honest. Like, he's done he's done a lot since, but uh, this is probably, as far as comedy goes, I think when he was probably at his peak, yeah, I'd have to say, yeah, a bit of an apex. Um, and I think he's still got a lot ahead of him. Um, he's working a lot more behind the camera lately, I think. But Paul Rudd as well, like, he was coming off, uh, you know, more more smaller roles, I guess, through the 2000s. Like, he was in um, 40-Year-Old Virgin, he was in Anchorman, really important roles, but also, like, support, definitely supporting roles in that. And then you had stuff like uh, role models, where it was a bit more of a lead but still, you know, it was a duo like in this film. And uh, just before this, he was in he was in forgetting Sarah Marshall with Jason Siegel again in in more of a cameo like supporting role, playing the surf instructor. Oh yeah, so they did have they did have a bit of chemistry yeah. there. Um, and to see him like he he's definitely the I'd say he's like the lead in this film mm. with uh, Jason Siegel playing that more. Um, B character um and i think yeah he holds his own really well like knocked up again he's like the supporting guy next to seth rogan um and from from here on he's kind of just continued to rise and rise and rise obviously with ant-man about five years later and so many so many other great roles he's he's had a pretty excellent career paul rudd big fan big fan over here yeah he's done well so, uh, speaking of doing well, how do you think this one did on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I reckon it did well. Like, I, I think I liked it. Like, I reckon I liked it when I first watched it, and I still like it today. So, I don't know. I'm going to go with 
85? 85. It's 83%. So hey, that's a great not guess. bad. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that is good. Well done. Hey, nice um, one. So, the, so it was filmed for $40 million, made 92 at the box office, which isn't like, it's not like meet the parents level Ugh. or, uh, you know, anything like that, but it's pretty decent, especially for the tail end of of um, the 2000s as comedies are probably starting to gross less. You know, ha- ha- The Hangover was um, a massive, like, behemoth that year Ooh. so it was pro- probably outshone by that but um yeah just really really great um and i've got some positive reviews here uh this one comes from the times in the uk in the coarse but compassionate style patented by judd apatow the film is funny about the uncertain etiquette of incipient male friendships but it drags a bit i don't agree that it drags a bit personally um but i, I do feel like there is that Apatow style to the movie. Like, it's shocking that this movie has nothing to do with Judd Apatow because it just feels like one of his films. I guess that's, you know, having having Rudd and Siegel in it. Uh, they're very much staples of his movies through the 2000s. Uh, one other one I'll read is from The Age in Australia. Paul Rudd is perfectly cast. No actor this side of Hugh Grant is more comfortable getting flustered. And I like that comment because it's so true. Like, you know, usually Paul Rudd is playing the more confident, um, laid back, carefree kind of character. But in this film, he's awkward. He's so uncomfortable um, in his own skin. Mm. And he just does it so well. Like he gets flustered talking on the phone, yeah. leaving messages, saying stuff like, you know, calling calling him Jobin, and he's like, you know, in a moment, like he's just like trying trying to say cool, like trying to be cool, but like just coming across awkward. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. One of my, one it, of my favorite, so funny. one of my favorite quotes there is when he talks about like that, I will see you there or I will see you on another time. And he goes, I'm so confused. Are we catching up? Y- yes, we are. Yes, 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 I'll see you there. And it's so good. That's yeah. full of them. Like, and it's just through the whole movie. He's just trying to get it. I will get it. I will get it. <laughs> what does that even mean? Ah, oh, don't worry about it. I'm drunk. <laughs> I'll get <Yeah>. it. <laughs> uh, Laters on the men, Jay. Yeah, what what does that even mean? mean? (laughs) But like, but I like that because it's almost to me like, and I don't know. I should have looked at the year as to when the Forty Year Old Virgin came out because it's like, you know, like it's almost like they. You look at that movie and it's a similar sort of comedy, you know, theme, uh, even with the characters and you know all the sexuality and all the rest of it. Like they embed in there with the comedy, Um, but it's just a complete role reversal. Like instead of guy going for a girl, it's a guy looking for a guy and just a best friend, you know, (laughs) and like just how they switch this. And you could just imagine in the 20, like in the two thousands, like the comedy was sort of on that theme. And even like, you know, Paul Rudd, when you mentioned the um, movie uh, knocked up, I feel like his character, you know, when he's with, he's the husband of the, I forget her name, but the husband, you know, husband of the wife, the other, the sister, and like he sort of plays a sort of similar like role, like he's he's passive, and then like you know he stands up. I don't know. He's just a good. He's just a good character in this. I love it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, forty year old version was two thousand five. Ah, oh, cool. There you so go. A bit bit sooner. Mm. All right. Uh, what's next? So let's guess the number one song when this movie released, oh. Dane. It was uh, the fourth of June two thousand nine. 
on the ARIA charts? I have no idea. I'll tell you what is embedded in my mind, considering that mm. I was 23 and I was traveling and I reckon I would have been in, I reckon we would have been in Thailand at the moment. I do remember coming back and everyone's going to hate just even bringing this up, but you remember that like the crazy frog song? Oh, <laughs> uh, like we, are, I thought that was earlier. Was but, it? Yeah, you might be. Oh, I don't know. Uh, like, have a look. We, crazy ha- have frog. a look at it. Ringtone, the ringtone song. I'm talking about the remix, like when they did the, oh, the uh, remix. yeah, because I, I know this thing had an evolution where it was like, it was on TV and it was the naked frog, but then they did like the whole ding 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 yeah. ding ding. Oh yuck! But, but I, <laughs> I'm interested to know the year because I feel like when I was traveling, when we went there, like we must have stayed at a place that like was just above like a uh, one of the markets, and I remember one of the like the DVD places, the CD places, were just playing this on like nonstop every night we were there, and like it was ridiculous. And I think it was it was. It was before it became a thing when we came back to Australia going, oh my God, this song. And then it came back here. Let's see. Uh, I'm looking at the charts for that particular... I don't think it's going to be in the areas, John. Just full disclosure. So there was a few different iterations. So the first one was the like Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was 2005. Okay. And then in 2009, there was Daddy DJ and Cha Cha Slide that featured the crazy frog. There you go. So what was that? 2009? So, yeah. There you go. I don't, I don't know those songs, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll just have to take your word yeah, well, that they I'm, I'm sure one of the listeners could <laughs> Google that up and they'll work it out themselves or I'll do it after the thing. But I'm sure That's I'm like, I, I just I just remember us being in Thailand and that thing just playing and we were doing most of our DVD shopping back in that time. So, Listen to this. The Crazy Frog toured Australia in late 2005. How would it do Beginning that? in Perth <laughs> and continuing through other major capital cities. He made appearances at numerous shopping centres oh, and no. major hospitals around oh, the country. Hospitals with children. What? This doesn't make sense. Well, they just had just yeah. dressed up frog with like a blurry little like thing in front of him. Just a walking like piece of cardboard. I hope he was wearing pants. Oh. Yeah. Gosh. I'm looking at like, if you look at Wikipedia, the actual photo... Of the crazy frog is part of the Australian tour in 2005. It's like two guys standing with like the mascot, and he does not have genitals. Wow! So censored. There you go. I've taken us off topic. Anyway. What 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 would you have <laughs> suggested as a song or the top song? I mean, uh, I'm I'm not used to playing this game. I'm used to asking the questions. I'm way off, so don't listen to me. The answer is Black Eyed Peas, Boom Boom Power. Oh yeah, okay. Is it? Which isn't even a song that I remember, but I got a feeling was like right after it. Mm. So they, between the two songs, one, two, three, four, five, six, they were on top of the charts for 15 weeks, which I think I've said on a previous episode, um, because that's quite a long period of time. Yeah, I think it's like a good three months, four months. Yeah. Well done, Black Eyed Peas. I'm trying to remember 23. I'm pretty sure I was out of the So Fresh, like album back to back sort of thing. (laughs) So I don't think I was, Yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember. Not down with it. All right. What have you done for me lately? So Paul Rudd is apparently working on another Ghostbusters movie, like a sequel to the Afterlife one. I still haven't seen that. Uh, yeah, it's it's on Amazon if you want to watch it. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp sequels also coming next year. He had a little stint on Only Murders in the Building, which is on Disney. Uh, Bob's Burgers movie, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie. So doing a bit of voice acting. But the main one that's worth mentioning is The Shrink Next Door, which was a great little Apple TV 
Plus series that came out last year, him and Will Ferrell, very much playing against his type with a very unlikable, manipulative villain uh, based on a true story. So if you want to see Paul Rudd not being super likable, watch The Shrink Next Door. <laughs> it's very jarring. Um, Jason Siegel, he just played um, Coach... Uh, what's his name? Jason Siegel, Coach... <laughs> Uh, Paul Westhead, who was a coach of the Los Angeles Lakers in 1980 in the TV show Winning Time, which is a really cool um, little dramatization of the 1980 NBA season following around Magic Johnson and the rest of the Lakers. If you're an NBA fan like me, it's worth checking out. But even if you're not, it's actually just a really interestingly made series. John C. Riley's fantastic on it as well. Uh, next, we have Rashida Jones, who plays the uh, female lead, Rish, uh, Zoe, in this movie. She's she's awesome, and I feel like she was everywhere back then. Um, it was coming off like The Office and, you know, Parks and Rec, and just doing a lot of, um, of uh, movies similar to this, I guess. Um, but what's she been doing? So she had a TV series called Duncanville uh, this year, uh, which I have not heard of, but uh, it's a animated series. But she's doing a lot behind the camera as well. I know she's a producer. She's done documentaries and all sorts of things. Yeah, cool. Sarah Burns is the only other person that we've probably got time to mention. She's like the best friend of Zoe, plays Haley in this movie. I could have picked a lot of, different people for the fourth, but I feel like she's probably the got the fourth most screen time. Mm. And she is in the series Barry as, as one of the detectives. And if you haven't seen Barry on HBO, it's a fantastic series. It's funny, dramatic. It's got the whole package. Uh, so, yeah, she's um, a small part, but reoccurring part of that. Anyway, um, the cast of this movie, like I could go on like forever because there's so many big names but the rest of them have smaller roles and we'd literally be here for like 20 minutes covering them all but we'll we'll give them all their moment to shine as we get through the categories which brings us Dane to what is the most 2000s moment of I Love You Man this is a hard one like I I honestly don't know except for Jason because as you mentioned like this was the 2000s was sort of like his era where he sort of shined mm. and then he sort of disappeared in my eyes like as he said like he might be doing other things he might be behind the camera more focused now but like I just loved watching him in movies and I just thought like this was the last thing that I really saw him before he sort of disappeared from from my viewing anyway uh yeah mate, what, what have you got I'm, I'm keen to pick your brain yeah, um, I was just going to say The Muppets was his next uh, thing after this, yeah, okay. which was 2011. And then I don't know if he was in this, the sequel, like the the Muppets, you know, whatever, Reloaded or whatever the next yeah. one was called, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, the thing I had was two, there was two lines that were very 2000s. Okay. One of them was, you can Facebook me. Okay. That was one of the lines. That's good. That's a good one. I like that. I can't remember who said it now. Uh, oh, it was the it was the the guy um, played by played by Thomas Lennon who went on the date with him and didn't realize that he was straight. Oh, like, Doug. Him. 
Yeah, Doug. Oh, Doug. 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 Doug was great. Yeah, he's like face. I think he was like Facebook me. Ah, uh, okay. when, when when he when he sees him at the like the um getting his oh yeah the tailor. yeah fitted. yeah that's right that's yeah. right that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> he tastes like an ashtray. Yeah, he really got in there. Tongue it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing out the chemicals. Yeah, Facebook me. Yeah, um, so good. Which you know you wouldn't say that now. Obviously, you'd, you'd say like message me on mess like. Send me a message on Messenger, or you, you know, DM me, or you'd probably yeah, DM me would probably be like the thing you'd say now. Uh, the other thing was um, <laughs> when he's trying to um, show, like Peter's trying to show Zoe a Rush song, and he's like, he says, "Let's get some iTunes action oh, going." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> but it. just like dropping iTunes like that, surely you know, you, now you'd just say Spotify or you know, YouTube or something. But iTunes, iTunes was the thing. iTunes like, was the guy. You know, f- five or six years earlier, maybe it would be Winamp or yep. something. But yep. at, th- at this point, iTunes was everything. So, yeah, that, they were the two things that I had. I like it. That's good. Okay. Most iconic scene. What do you have for this one? Oh, there's so many. Like, there's the one where you've got, like, the poker with a projectile vomit, which is obviously a big one there. <laughs> In your face. Oh. <laughs> Which is just like, oh, that's the one thing like with this movie, there's so many awkward moments, but I'll get into that a bit later. So you've got, yeah, the projectile vomit. I, for- I forgot about the projectile uh, vomit. How could you like, forget the projectile vomit? I don't know. Vomit? I was like, oh yeah, boat race. Oh, like, the boat race. Get in my house. Get, my, great. get out of and my then house. It's, it's so thick and disgusting oh. when he... It's over the Does top. It? And then yeah. I love how they bring it back. Like, like you know, they like go like, I vomited it on him. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. No, it was projectile. Yeah, That's a real thing. <laughs> it legitimately happened. Um, and then like when he sees him again later, he's just like looks at him like, I like this is the guy that puked on me. Uh, but I hate Barry. You know what? Serves him right because yeah. he acted like he, he's, he's like, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know Peter. Like you've met him yeah. 20 times. Yeah, I don't know him. I hate Barry. Well, you're not going to forget him now. No, nah, Barry's an absolute a-hole in this whole movie. Like every yeah. time you see him, you're just like, what an a-hole. Uh, but so mm-hmm. I'm glad he got puked on. Um, the other, like there's a couple other, like obviously the, 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 do- the dog, sh- the dog shouting on the beach is always a good funny one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we've got? I like, I still like the, you know, when Sydney and Pete first meet and he's doing the play by play on the crop dusting guy, you know, I think, oh, yeah. I think we're going to go. I think this house is too small. Yeah. And it smells like farts. <laughs> Put your window down lady. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but like, but if my, my all time favorite, just watching it back, I just love it when it's just two guys doing the whole bromance bit where they're doing that scene where they're just, you know, playing out in the man cave you know, playing the rush, they're both on the bloody, the, mm-hmm. the bass and the guitar and it's going through all like those scenes where they're just bonding. It's so good. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's probably my yeah. standout. Yeah. I wrote down rush jamming. Yeah. So what you just mentioned and it kind of, um, yeah, it cuts between them playing the song in the basement and then like riding on the back of his Vespa or his motorbike. Yeah. Um, the same thing. And that kind of flows straight into Probably the best scene in the movie, which is um, slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. <laughs> slapping the bass, man. Ah, slapping the bass, man. <laughs> slapping that bass, man. I slapping the bass. So good. So good. <laughs> that was Borat. Uh, that was Borat. <laughs> what? That wasn't Borat. That was so good. That's so good. You sound like a leprechaun. It's supposed to be Jamaican. <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah, that's that's my that's infinitely quotable. Like, I I play bass guitar, so it's just like it just comes up all the time. Yeah. Um, and people love saying it, and it's 
it's just such a hilarious scene. And it feels like an authentic moment between a guy and his fiance as well. You know, they're trying to just have a bit of fun at home. And uh, yeah, that it, it's the result of them jamming together. So it flows straight into the most quotable part of the film. So for me, it's that kind of sequence. Uh, you mentioned the dog and I wrote down Venice Beach was my other one. Yeah. And it's, I, I guess like when I'm when we're talking iconic visually, I think that's the most iconic scene. Cause it's like uh, Muscle Beach, Venice Beach, whatever it is. Like it's just a very LA setting. Yeah, it's so iconic. You know, whether you, it, you've just seen it in so many different movies or you've played it on like GTA, you know, five and and walked down there. Um, and the way that I guess. Um, that, that that's the moment where you really like you you've you've known since we met Sydney that he's a bit of a um, free spirit or whatever. But that's when you realise he's a loose cannon and he's just acting on his emotions. Yeah. Um. And he's he's doing that to the extent where he's able to influence Peter and bring bring the fun out of him and, and make him not so tense and loosen him up a bit, takes him under the boardwalk to scream. And it's, uh, it, it's where you see that they both have like a, a give and take that's going to influence each other in, in a positive way, hopefully as friends. So yeah, I, th- I think that's an important scene as well. I like it. And then one thing that I was going to also add that I just thought about for the 2000s moment, I don't know if anyone else did oh, yeah. this, but remember back in the day, back in the day where people used to walk around in uggies so like Sydney walks around in uggies everywhere. Like he's, on, I never went to the extent of you know wearing uggy boots on the going to the beach, but there was mm. times there in my early twenties where I'd go to the cinemas and I'd rock up in my uggies and things like that, and I'd <laughs> use them as proper shoes. And then they became fashion bits where the soles of them, like you go into your your city beach here in Australia, your beach shops, and like that actually create your uggies where you can actually wear them out with the thick soles. You ever you ever see those? No. Mate, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, I don't think I only got UGG boots recently, like working from home. COVID you live in pandemic. Melbourne? What do you? I know. What do you, like, what do you call them? You don't call them UGG boots. You got moccasins, don't you? Nah. Nah. But mo- moccasins are different. Oh, are they? Yeah, moccasins right. are more like slippers. They're, I think. They're like sandaly slippers. Yeah. Whereas your yeah. UGGies go. Which you know. Yeah. Yes, I, I always had slippers, but. The, you know, can't argue the the Ugg boots are definitely a game changer, especially in those cold months. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think he's very much channeling like Big Lebowski vibes with the, the, the you know, wearing the, the big cardigan and the, the Ugg boots or slippers or whatever in public. So yeah, just, just going for that relaxed dude bro kind of thing. I like it. Yeah. Uh, okay, what holds up the best? What do you have for this one? Uh, I reckon it's just the characters. I reckon the chemistry, the characters, like it, it just fits in yeah. with that. The one-liners are all good. Um, I love like even just what, like I had to laugh when I was watching it the other night about towards the end where like it touches your heart like in the moments where he's like that Mel guy that he meets on the internet and he's like, oh, your, your profile picture looks a bit different. But then towards <laughs> the end, he's like, oh, look, you know, when he breaks up with the relationship with him and Sydney, and he's like, it catches up with Mel and he's like, oh, thanks for reaching out, Pete. You know, it's been hard since I lost my wife. And you're like, oh, that's so mm. nice. And then he's like, hey, Mel, what are you doing on the 30th of July? And he's like, I'm 89 years old. What the <laughs> f- do you think I'm doing? <laughs> like, it's 
just it's just that very good balance between you know just yeah. humor and and you know just the feels it gets you it's good i like it so that's i, I like the i like the plenty of one-liners and that's what you said like the slap in the bass like i think everyone's sort of it takes the right moment, but as soon as you see a bass, it's the one thing that you think of and you just wish that and hope to God that you can pull off a line like that at the time. Uh, I don't know. Like there's, there's other things too that I like. Like I like the one line is like, so strong and you Hulk and like all these other little bits and pieces that I really, really like. Um, and I think like that holds up the best is probably just like the story. I think like even to today, you can sort of relate to it as well for the reasons mm. that we've sort of already mentioned. Um, but, you know, and uh, I just like it. Yeah, I really like that the conflict in the movie comes from Peter's business. Mm. Like, like it's is he going to sell this house? Is he going to, like, get the money that he needs, you know, to have the wedding and, and life that he wants? It's not about, like, is, um you know, a lot of these... Because it, cause it's kind of in the almost in the realm of like the rom com, mm. um, it's always like oh like this person was pretending to be someone else who who they you know they're they're not really being genuine they're not being honest they lied about something, um, and that creates like the conflict that one of them has to forgive the other person for, um, so they really could have made this about like and they, they did kind of do a bit of that where you know Sydney borrowed the money he spent it on the billboards, mm. um, but that was again coming back to the business and um, I liked that it was the conflict was coming from there and not about their relationship um, and, you know, jealousy or like you don't have time for me or anything like that. It, like those were all elements in there, but they were just there to kind of uh, bring them closer together or, or make them more dependent on each other. So yeah, the bromance angle of it holds up really well. Um, the fact that it's not some overly dramatic, you know, melodramatic kind of of conflict. It's just you know a simple thing between two guys. But the thing I think that really holds up the best is the cast. Yeah. And there's obviously a lot of like big names in here, but also a lot of big comedic um, performances or or uh, actors who went on to be much more successful later on, which reminds me a little bit of of um you know some some other movies we've done but if i just mentioned some of them so nick kroll has a very small role as one of the fencing people and he's obviously quite big now with big mouth and uh starting to do more acting performances aziz ansari parks and rec was probably his thing back then and now it's like masters of none and he's he's really exploded as a, a stand-up comic Andy Samberg was like a Saturday Night Live yeah, guy. Now, right. Brooklyn Nine-Nine and heaps of movies. Um, Joe Latruglio as <laughs> the soccer guy. What was his name? Uh, what was his name? I've cut him off. I've cut him he's... off. I just call him the soccer guy yeah, yeah. with the high-pitched voice. <laughs> um, like, he's, you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine again. Um, Matt Walsh, who's like a golfer with like one line, and he's a really big part of, of Veep. Catherine Reitman's one of Zoe's friends. She's done the TV show Working Mums as like the writer and lead star of that. John Favreau, he's been famous forever, but it was interesting to see him here right before he directed like Iron Man, the Iron Man movie. Um, and that took him in a completely, his career went in a completely different direction. 
after doing Iron Man. He's you know making Disney and and Star Wars stuff now. Mm. But if I if putting all those people aside, you've also got J.K. Simmons, Jane Curtin, who people will remember from Third Rock from the Sun, Rob Hubel, Larry Wilmore plays the celebrant at the wedding. Jamie Presley, you know, from My Name is Earl. Like It's just like a solid cast from top to bottom. Even all the small roles are filled by people that are familiar. And I think that that just makes it an extra layer of rewatchable as you go back and go, oh, it's this guy, oh, it's that girl. And it's just so much fun, especially because they've gone on to do such big things. You just kind of think, oh, how did they get that actor? But you think, okay, they, they weren't that person back there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what holds up the worst? Oh, I reckon. I don't know if it. I don't know if it holds up the worst, but I remember they're just watching this and all the awkward moments that you forget. Like you know, <laughs> it's just those moments. Like oh, like you know, and I know it's a play on like Pete's character as well, and sort of him being nervous and and fumbling, you know, for the phone calls and things like that. But like a couple of things there where like I don't know, Sydney gives the you know, the return the favor speech and you're just like, oh, that maybe, and maybe that's where that comment comes from, from the review about dragging on. Cause you're just like, oh, it's just a slow, painful thing to watch. Um, the other thing too, like you feel bad, like with the fencing guys, uh, shout out to Gil. Suck it, Gil. When he's then the, the guys are sort of just doing the, um, like they're talking about like that, you know, they're going out for the bachelor party and then they're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting married too. Yeah. Cool. Oh, we better hit the road. You know, you're like, oh, just invite him, you bastards. Like, you know, you throw him a bone. Um, what else we got? Oh, and the other one where they talk about like, you know, Pete comes home from his date with Doug and uh, the girls are talking to him about he's a bit of a psycho and that his mum's his best friend sort of thing. And he comes in with mm. the um, root beer floaters and they're all like, they look at him and they're like, hey, and they're doing the claps <laughs> and that. And you're like, oh, God. But, the, but in saying that, it's, again, it comes back to that, that good balance of humour because he walks back out. We're all thinking the same things. i got to find some <laughs> friends. You know, yeah. it's just so good. Yeah, that's a, it's a very funny moment when, yeah, he, he just drops that out loud yeah we're all thinking and he's just has that moment that appeared to me like i'm gonna do something here yeah i mean i don't mind all those awkward moments i think that they 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 work for me still um but um, in terms of like what holds up the worst i mean there's a few behaviors and i know that they're probably meant to be cringy at the time mm. but the one that i really think is like no nah, you can't do that now ah, yeah. is um his pal at work, who he hates, I can't remember his name. Ah, uh, what's his Ro- name? It's Rob the, Hugel. It's uh, Tevin. 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 What a terrible name. <laughs> yeah. Him and Barry, Sorry, I yeah, hate them. The, They're both absolute the a-holes. Out there. <laughs> all the Tevins out there. I apologize if you're a good person. Your name's Tevin. That's just yeah. a, that's just a poor. But he he sends him. He sends oh, him the grandma at, at work. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know. If any of our colleagues sent that at work, it would I imagine it would be like instant dismissal or like a very stern warning, you know. Yeah. I, I had that um, in there for what would what would be the most offended in twenty twenty two, maybe. Yeah. But but look, you know, I don't know. That that and something else. But I'm getting I'm getting ahead of it. So so yes. Yeah, you so, can't you just you just can't do that. You like just can't. It's, it's just yeah. And maybe back then you could, maybe you could get away with it. I still think it was I don't know. I was I was working in an office back then and i never would have imagined that happening uh, Uh, and the other thing that i want to throw out there and it happens in every movie that has a wedding where something dramatic happens 
during the ceremony. It gets interrupted and everyone stops and turns around. Usually it's like a Hugh Grant movie or something. But yeah. in this case, it's it's about the two guys, not about someone like interrupting the wedding to like like wedding crashes is a, is a good example. He interrupts the wedding to to like make a plea to one of the bridesmaids, and I said the same thing in that podcast. There is no way the bride would just stand there happily smiling while this is happening, while everyone's looking at someone that's not her or her husband, and taking the attention away from an event that's been like fantasized about and. <laughs> built up to and hyped and everything has to be perfect and you know nothing can go wrong oh and we're just gonna everyone stop (laughs) and let these two people hash out their problem i love you man i love you too like it's great it's a really great sweet moment but it's just happening in the middle of the ceremony every time it happens i'm just like no it would not would not happen you would you'd be like hey we'll talk afterwards (laughs) like let me catch you after or like get there before it starts, have the conversation. Doesn't have to be so dramatic to be in the middle of of the ceremony. And you know, it's a comedy. It's meant to be funny, but you know, make it realistic. Make make the uh, you know the father of the bride stand up and say, "Now, would you get the hell out of here? We're trying to watch these two people get married." Or you know, at the end of it, yeah, get Hank Mark Dukas in there and like, buddy, oh, sit down, boys, let's go. Yeah. Now that you're done ruining our the special w- day, yeah. can we? Do you mind if we finish the wedding? You know, wouldn't happen. But they're the, yeah, they're the two things that I had. Um, I, I think it holds up really well. I think like it does in, in a round in a roundabout way. There's not much that doesn't hold up well. But Dane, who would be most offended? You had something. Yeah, like I reckon, like obviously, like we talked about the office one, but the other thing too is like they really play on the whole Barry and Zoe, like the whole bit, like look, you know, you scratch my back, I'm literally gonna scratch and rub yours. Like they keep doing that all the way through, which I just don't think that would go. Like, and I don't. What do you mean Barry? What do you mean Barry and Zoe? Is it, is it Zoe's the Zoe's the wife, isn't it? The blonde wife. Hey, that your wife's uh, sort no, of thing. No, that's Denise. Ah, Denise. Denise. Yeah. All right, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm talking about yeah. So Barry and Denise, and Denise always yeah. has to say, "Look, can she stay here?" And he's like, "Yeah, all right, but obviously we're gonna have to have sex with the lights on." Like, and, and but it just keeps all going. Right. Like, you can't have that. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if it's the guy or the girl or anything like that. But you can't have yeah. this persuasive. Okay, okay. And it's not they don't just do it once. They do it all the time, and then they have the play where they. Just like take me home because they just keep having angry arguments and then loud sex afterwards so it's like yeah okay <laughs> we get it jeez it's like- i guess it's it's kind of their thing and it seems to work for them because yeah. dis- despite the, the fact that he's an seemingly awful get out husband, get out of the house it's poker night yeah <laughs> yeah dis- despite the fact that he seems awful they i guess they seem happy together like they haven't they get pregnant and they're having a kid together she doesn't seem to... I think she's like happily complaining about him. At least it's portrayed yeah. in that way. Yeah. Um, so, I don't, I guess, uh, yeah, they have, you know, don't want to judge other people's relationships. Sure. It doesn't seem healthy, but they seem happy. So, you know, whatever works hey, for Mazel you. Tov. <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> good for uh, you. Barry. Barry. Still your a-hole. Miserable. He, he just seems miserable as well. Like, I, I, I want to know what's happening in his life. Like... That could be the sequel is Favreau and Jamie Presley. Like, why is he so angry? I don't know. But all these <laughs> friends time. are a-holes too. Like, even around the poker table, they're like, one, two, three. What is it? Like, they list the bands. And like, oh, we don't, like, yeah, yeah, we don't like care. Beatles or Stones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Beatles or Stones. We don't care. It's like, yeah, right. No, it's just... 
Yeah, uh, and one of those guys is the Super Troopers guy. Oh, Jay really? Chanda Raskar, I think his name is the the Indian looking guy. Yeah, cool. So there you go, another cameo. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have anything for this one because I I found the movie very inoffensive. Yeah, cool. Uh, maybe fa- fans of um, the Incredible Hulk in the. Uh, in the 80s or so 70s strong. or whenever Lou Ferrigno was, was the Hulk. <laughs> Sydney's fighting the Hulk. <laughs> F*** you, Hulk. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's it's good. Like, <laughs> I got no issues with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Does this pass the internet relevancy test? I think Slap at the Base is definitely still relevant. I think so. <laughs> Um, are there any other moments that you see pop up? Probably not really. I don't think so. I don't think there's any memes or anything that I've ever used, you know, yeah. or gifts and things like that. And I did a quick Google search just in case there was any that like that mm-hmm. I made have missed. I really, really couldn't see anything, you know? So apart from the fact that everyone wants to pull out slap at a base as soon as they see a base or see someone with a base or someone's picking up a base, uh, like <laughs> really that's, that's it. I don't know. Uh, but like... Oh, memes and gifs. Yeah, nah, I can't say I've ever really used one. Mm, yeah. I mean, if you type I, lo- I love you, man, it comes up with Paul Rudd saying that at the wedding. At the wedding. So, you know, maybe maybe that's something that two men might use between each other to express affection. But Yeah, a bit of a bromance. You know, sometimes it's easier to express yourself via a graphic interface format image uh okay how would modern smartphones and social media change i love you man i think well they they this is the thing this is a hard one because they did have iphones in this movie hey, or as, Peter, as peter says iphone you know call me on the iphone oh the iphone uh, yeah yeah so there's not much we can really say about phones changing it, but um, I think instead of the billboards, yeah. maybe it would be something where he goes viral instead with a video that Sydney, maybe Sydney like sponsors a, a tweet or a, a Facebook ad with, um, with a, a, you know, a, a video or maybe he like superimposes Peter's head on top of... Um, you know, James Bond or whatever it is in, in like a, a video instead of the billboards. I love That's it. all I could think of. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Like the billboards one, like if he goes and spends, I don't know, eight, ten grand, I forget what it was. What do you like today? Yeah, go 8, and, Yeah, what do you go and spend it on billboards? Maybe that's a 2000s thing as well. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, he definitely goes spend it on like, I don't know, Instagram, Facebook ads or whatever, run ads or whatever. Uh, but the other thing I was thinking of too is maybe like uh, in seeking a friend, maybe you'd start using more like find a friend apps or things like that. Yeah, swipe left, swipe right. That's sort of how. Oh it works. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a good one. Yeah. He does kind of delve into like the inter- He goes. Yeah, to that's like how he meets Mel. Website. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like when you look at that website, <laughs> when like, this when- photo taken. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how long have you been using the internet for? About four years. <laughs> you know, oh, very good. <laughs> Photos a bit out, like even like even when you look at it, like I think there's a scene there where they actually show him on the internet, and it looks rough. Hey, it looks like giant motor, like the giant monitor sort of thing, uh, and you know, like just looks like the speed's just mm. horrendous. Um, but yeah, I don't know, yeah. like social media, that's probably how you, but he does walk around with a chunky boy. I did have a quick look. It was like an iPhone, this first one. It's got the yeah. silver and back on it, but it's yeah. Chunky boy. It's that curved back. Yeah. Really curved. Like it's really short yeah. and stubby and like, yeah, curved back onto it, mm. which, uh, I think the third one was my first one. I've never got the first one. 
Yeah, iPhone 4 was my first. The best phone. Yeah, I remember... I iPhone 4. Uh, it was the year before this movie came out. So probably when they were literally filming it in 2008 mm. that um, I saw my, f- my first iPhone. So they probably, yeah, did have that first or second model uh, before people knew what apps even were. Dane, could you make this movie today? What would that version look like? Because I think it would... I think it could be exactly the same. I reckon. Really. It, I reckon it could be too. Like, uh, if you could make it today with the same level of talent in the in the cast, good luck trying to make, mm. work on a budget for that. You'd literally just have to go to, I don't know. You'd have to find someone then, and just obviously just try and go through the network to just to find up and comers. But uh, definitely, I don't reckon. I reckon this could definitely be done. I'd like to see who could play different people in different roles. Like instead of. Um, you know, Paul Rudd, who could you get in? Could you do an Adam Sandler? Could you do like a Steve, uh, Steve Carell? You know, I think those sort of actors. Yeah, those guys, are, they're older though. They're, they're even older than him, probably. Maybe, maybe it would be his younger brother, Andy Sandberg, playing that kind of role now. It's nine, meant to be like nine years younger, I think, than, than uh, Paul Rudd. So yeah, could be someone like that, but like as I said, it, there's nothing about it that would need to be updated, really, apart from I guess the references and technology. So it's, yeah, it's pretty unique in that way. Um, there's not a lot of movies that we talk about that wouldn't need a lot of revamping to come out now. Mm. All right, it's time for the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi, a real spark plug. There's a few here that I want to mention. Uh, Andy Samberg's quite funny as the gay brother that works at the gym and tries to turn straight guys uh, to varying degrees of success. Lou Ferrigno plays his role pretty well, I think. Um, the tough guy. He's got that. He's got a voice that's very like unintimidating. Like it's, it's almost like effeminate the way that he talks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Despite the size of him. It's like maybe it's like the accent or just some of his like affectations that kind of disarm him from being such a scary dude. Uh, Thomas Lennon, who we mentioned before, who plays Doug, was the taste of betrayal. Yeah, that's right. He's so good. <laughs> you bitch. You still bitch. <laughs> it's so good. Uh. Uh, but my number one nomination, who I think should win, is Joe Troglio. His voice got high. <laughs> <laughs> should we? What you got? Is that the guy? That's the guy, isn't it? Hey, is that which which guy is it? Which actor or yeah, character? The, the guy, yeah, the, yeah, the soccer, the soccer, yeah. soccer. Hey, shut up, man! No, you shut up. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go, and he's like chanting for the galaxy. Yeah, like, let's go, that, galaxy. That was when like nobody cared about soccer in two thousand nine in America. Like the LA Galaxy was basically a joke, from what I remember. So all I remember is they had the Beckham. Fact that he's into and I don't know how long they yeah. had him for, but they paid an absurd yeah. amount of money for That's him. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he should get it. Um, he's he's good. Way over the top, but every time he shows up, he's he's very funny. So I like it. Uh, congratulations, Joe. And you know the beginning of him and uh, Andy Samberg's partnership in in a lot of ways with Brooklyn Nine Nine. So there you go. Is uh, I Love You, Man, still a good movie? Absolutely, 100% yes. Uh, there's nothing about it that doesn't hold up in my books. Like, in terms of re-watching it, like, it, it 
the pacing is still fantastic. Cast is probably more interesting now than it was when it released. The humor is 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 fun. The bromance is there. Um, yeah, everything about it. I just still really love this movie. It, it's up there with any of the two thousands flicks to me. Uh, it might not be as quotable as something like Anchorman, but it's more way more grounded than something that's that silly. Yeah. So I think in that aspect, it's easier to just watch um, and and get something out of, whether it's, a, you know, the warm and fuzzies about these two guys that let themselves be vulnerable and, um, you know, open and honest and, and uh, free with each other. It's something that's hard to do in our society with, you know, the, the way that men are expected to be. So to see these guys do it is um yeah it's very it's it's very what's the word i'm looking for i know it's just it's just uh it's it's very welcome in my books and i i've never been like afraid to express myself with my male friends and i and i certainly have always valued like having friendships like these with guys um where you can just spend time together um you know girlfriends don't have to be there. Wives don't have to be there. You don't need to be in a big group. You can just hang out, watch movies, play music, jam, whatever it is. I've always enjoyed friendships like that and still do to this day. So yeah, still good movie to me. What do you think? No, a hundred percent. I echo exactly what you said. Like, I really love this movie going back to it. I really enjoyed it. Um, made me smile, made me laugh, uh, touched the feels. Uh, it was, it was good. And like, exactly like you're saying. So it just brings up, you know, the, uh, the importance of like good friendship, you know, and then the difference that you mm. can have with, you know, the relationships you have with your partner versus the relationships you have with colleagues and people around you and at work. Uh, and then having that, you know, non-judgmental safe place with your mates just to hang out, you know, enjoy like-minded stuff and, you know, be there and be honest with each other, you know, and I think this is what this movie does. It, it sort of breaks down those walls that Pete um, has to go through you know, the, mm. that differentiates between, you know, the guys at um, fencing, you know, that he hangs out with and versus, you know, someone like Sydney that, you know, starts asking really like sort of, uh, you know, personal questions and, you know, at first is a bit standoffish, <laughs> but then he obviously breaks through the walls and, you know, what, what, what does he do when he goes into his place and he starts talking about like the, uh, the jerk off chair and things like that. And, yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. God, peace. It's absolutely natural. Like, you know, all these things, like, uh, it's good. Like, it's just a great movie. It's very wholesome. Uh, I really like it. Mm. The, the six foot sub. Yeah. The six foot sub. Yeah. And everyone's sort of bailing. <laughs> and even like, yeah, that's a good point, too. We talk about Pete, like, but even Sydney, like, obviously, Sydney's got his friends that are sort of, you know, getting older, got the kids, got the careers mm. and things like that. So it actually works the other way. So he's looking for something too. And obviously they mention it in the movie that they're both, you know, Pete has that line where they're both sort of, you know, doing it for each other. They're both looking for friendship, you know, and they, mm. and they find it, which yeah. is, which is awesome. And shout out to Zoe as well. Like she recognizes, you know, I, I guess partly it is so that it's not awkward at the wedding when there's like no one standing next she to him. She wants the grooms. She wants the, the, yeah. <laughs> the best man. Well, like she, She's got six of she them. Does, she, she does recognize like you need to make your own friends. And like sometimes that means you're going to bail on HBO night and you're going to <laughs> go to a Rush concert and she's going to be like the odd one out and feeling awkward while he's, you know, 
miming the song and, and, and kind of almost like forgetting that she's there. Like that's not an easy thing for a girlfriend or a fiance or a wife to do, but it's also like really important. And I'm like really grateful that Hannah, my wife appreciates like the importance of like, like me and my guy friends having a night every now and then where we go out together or if you know when i go to melbourne and catch up with brendan or used to you know go and catch up with jack or whatever it is like it's a really important thing for for people to just have time away from each other Mm. with their own friends and how healthy that is in a relationship i think and the way that she supports it let's give her a thumbs up because often in these movies like the the wives or the girlfriends they're like the wet blanket that's trying to like ruin everyone's fun so i think her perform like her performance and the way that character was written was um was really well done yeah no 100 percent. i like that and the, the only thing i'll just add to that there is i think just generally like you need to invest time you know like i, I think it's going deep down here but it's more of that thing where like we're always busy you know we're always busy doing something but we can certainly invest the time in, in the people around us and i think we just need to be mindful of that and mm-hmm. it's good for us it's good for them it's it's building long lasting relationships and experiences that will you know carry on with us and i think this is sort of echoed in this movie um which is good and we got to do that in real life too absolutely we're turning this into a pushing through blue. I know, jeez, oh, dust it all off, mate. Let's let's go for another round. You were the last one. You'll be the next one. Let's go. Oh, great. Yeah. How's the screen time going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a little bit of. No, actually, mate, we better wrap this up, mate. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends. You can grab your eight bit merch over at shop eight bit dot net. And if you want to support what we're doing head to the Kofi page. That's ko-fi.com slash we are 8-bit. You know, even easier than that, just go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go to Podchaser, wherever you get your podcast and leave us a nice little review and rating, maybe five stars, maybe some nice words to make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, there is, you know, Hungry Gamers episode 300 going up around a similar time to this podcast. So go listen to that I just did a review on the Hungry Gamers feed for No Place for Bravery, which is a great little indie. There should be a spoiler cast dropping sometime around Return to Monkey Island with me and Benny. We're at least talking about that at this stage. So there's a lot happening in 8-bit, a lot to check out. We've also got packs coming up, so I'm sure there'll be some cool stuff happening there. Uh, Dane, is there anything you want to plug or shout out while you're here? Anything, even if it's someone else's podcast? Oh, mate, I'd just support all the podcasts, you know, that you're listening to. And yep. if Brendan was here, he'd say rate, review, subscribe. You know, it takes two seconds. Emotional lights on mm-hmm. in the hearts. If that's how you say it, Brendan, I know you're sharing plenty yeah, of love like out there. Thank you, mate. Uh, you know, big thank you to you, mate, for allowing me to come back on the podcast. Always a pleasure. Um, absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, and I just want to take the moment because I guess everyone knows and just say congratulations to you and Hannah and the whole Peck Thanks, tribe man. with uh, Bubs 2 coming on. And uh, player yeah. two coming through, and uh, <laughs> we'll certainly keep you and Micah uh, and Hannah very, very busy. So, uh, coming to what August? So, no, March and then autumn, yeah, March, yeah, next month, next autumn. So, indeed, yeah, I don't that's a, that's a good thing to bring up because um, it will probably affect output of podcast episodes in the future you know when Micah was born I kind of used that as a chance to drop putting in work back 
and it's you know stayed pretty well back up to now um but you know comedy rewind might be coming to an end at some point who knows it's it's hard to to predict how busy you're going to be or how overloaded you're going to feel when when things get um you know extra you know extra child extra time spent on extra child so yeah it's uh it's all up in the air i guess but um i'll, I'll always be doing stuff with 8-bit so I'm not going anywhere and uh until then dear listeners you can catch dane on the social medias at dane pv is that right that is correct <laughs> and you can catch me <laughs> at johnny himself and uh we want to thank you for joining us on comedy rewind for now dear listeners be kind rewind ladies on the men jay Slap on the bash. Let us on the menjay. <laughs>